All right, welcome back everyone to the Blaze Experience once again. I'm very excited for this episode. We have a lot of news to get into. Today, once again, we are back for episode 28, and this is going to be an episode all about the Daybreak news. What is Daybreak? Well, Daybreak is a new DLC coming for State of Decay 2, and we had so much news come this week that was uh, from Gamescom. Gamescom is happening over in Germany as I record this podcast right now. It ends on Saturday, I believe, so the day this episode launches uh, will be the last day of Gamescom, I believe. But I have gone through and I've compiled all the news I could find. I have literally searched the internet, searched YouTube videos, I've searched everywhere, I've watched streams. I have got the most extensive list of news that you can find on State of Decay 2's Daybreak mode. So we are definitely going to get into that, and this episode will be all about that because... There's so much news to talk about, and I have such an extensive list that it, it basically takes up an entire episode just with that, because there's so much to talk about. But before we actually get into that, just a couple of notes real quick. I do want to note that our next official stream will be on Vigor. That will be on Tuesday. It will be 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. So tune into that stream. And also, our next podcast, we will finally have a podcast on Vigor. So I've been playing Vigor on stream for a while now. It just hasn't worked out schedule-wise to do the podcast on it. But next Wednesday, we'll finally release an episode on Vigor. So, you know, if you've been thinking about this game and wondering what it is really, um, on Wednesday, I will, you know, tell you all about it. So that will be something to look forward to on Wednesday. But before we officially get into the news, one other thing. There is some big plans in the works for State of Decay 2. I won't reveal it just yet, but just know that... There is a huge event that is, you know, in the works, and um, I'm collaborating with some other people that are State of Decay content creators, so just stay tuned, but know that, you know, there's something big coming your way, so definitely look forward to that, and if you're a State of Decay fan, then you will really enjoy this, I hope, so we have a lot of plans, and I, I can't wait to share more with you, but all I can say right now is that, you know, there's something big in the works, and I hope you'll be, you know, enjoying that when it comes out. But until I can say more about that, we will just get right into this Daybreak news. So we all kind of knew that Daybreak was a DLC coming out for State of Decay that was coming out sometime in September. You know, that's all we had known before this week is September. You know, it's basically going to be a new mode where you face hordes of zombies. And that's really all anyone ever knew. I mean, Undead Labs was being, you know, kind of cagey about what they could tell us until this point. But this week, we had a lot more news come out. It basically all started on Tuesday. On Tuesday, there was an inside Xbox stream. And during that stream, Wonder from Undead Labs, she gave a four-minute kind of like tease about what Daybreak is. So if you want to go check out that interview, then I will uh, try to post a link in the show notes. But it's a very nice, you know, four minute interview. And she kind of talks about what is going to be in the mode overall. Then on top of that, earlier that same day, there was a stream from Xbox UK. They streamed the Daybreak demo mode that is being featured in Gamescom. So if you're actually in Gamescom in Germany right now, you can go over to the Undead Labs booth, or I assume they have a booth. I'm not really sh sure exactly what it is because I'm not there, but 
I know somewhere at Gamescom, they have a area set up that you can actually play the demo of Daybreak. And this demo is basically a shortened version because the full version goes to seven ways. This demo only goes to three. It just kind of gives you a feel for what Daybreak is going to be. But Xbox UK did a stream on Tuesday and they showed off about 38 minutes of gameplay and they kind of talked through their impressions of it. So that was very cool. And I was there live for that one. And I also have rewatched that stream. Then beyond that, there's been articles on the internet that have come out. You know, most of the articles are pretty much your basic info. It's just got, you know, the release date. Um, it's got the price point. And it's got, you know, oh, it's a new mode. It's got, you know, a new enemy type. It's basically a lot of your basic info. So most of the news didn't come from the articles. But I did check them out just to make sure there was nothing I missed. So you can be sure that any article that is out there, I have checked out just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And then on top of that, there was also a stream from Undead Labs on Wednesday with Jeffrey Card and Andy and Quentin. I, I'm blanking on their last names. I do apologize sincerely, guys. I I am forgetting your last names right now, but I remember uh, Andy and Quentin were in there. Andy is a lead writer for Undead Labs. And Quentin is someone who was off camera, but you could hear his voice. He is uh, someone that works with Quality Assurance with Under Labs. And then also watching the stream was Brian Giami, who is the programmer that deals with a lot of like the base mechanics, the facilities, a lot of those type of things that have to do with like bases and facilities. That he does other things too, I believe, but that's like his main focus for the game is in that area. So Brian was also there. He wasn't um, speaking, but he was kind of off camera, you know, um, giving notes to Jeffrey and Andy during the stream. So basically those four people were all involved in that stream and they gave us a lot of details on the new Daybreak mode. So I was there live for that as well. And I tried to get as many questions as I had in there as much as possible. But obviously everyone was trying to ask questions about it. So, you know, we got a good deal of info, I would say. I, and I think after listening to this podcast, you'll know pretty much everything there is to know about. I mean, there's a couple of things that Undead Labs has kept kind of secret still just because they want some surprise. And that's totally understandable. And, you know, I don't have information on those couple of surprises yet. But everything that is not meant to be a surprise, I have all the information compiled for you. And this will be the best source for you to actually get the information because I have taken a lot of time to go through every single source, compile everything, and even things that a lot of people didn't talk about, I have still compiled them because like watching these streams, you know, very closely, I was able to get a lot of details out of those streams that a lot of people haven't taken the time to work out or list. But if you you know, watch the streams really closely and you take the time to really dissect everything in there, you can get a lot of information that hasn't been officially, like, I guess, announced on a platform anywhere until now. So this is going to be the first platform that you will be able to hear. A, you'll be able to hear a list of the full weapons here. You'll be able to hear a list of all the ranged weapons, all the melee weapons. You'll be able to hear all the consumables. So you're going to get a lot of information here. Uh, you're also going to get all the red talent skills. You'll hear about all those here. So there's going to be a lot of info here that you won't hear anywhere else. But that being said, we will kind of just get into it. I mean, 
basically that's where I got a lot of my information is the Xbox UK stream, the Undead Lab stream. There's a couple articles I checked out, but honestly, I didn't really pull much information from the articles at all because there really wasn't anything, um, you know, beyond the basics in those articles. So most of the info I acquired was pretty much just me watching the streams and everything myself. So and then a little bit of the info I have as well comes from Jeffrey Card and Brian Giami, who were nice enough to answer a couple of questions for me. So I did get some info from them as well. But that's kind of like the main uh, areas that I got all the info from. So if anyone wants to, you know, check those out and go see all the things I saw, then you can definitely do that. Um, in the show notes, I will provide links to the Undead Lab stream like I do every podcast. I will also provide a link to the Mixer Xbox UK stream that happened. And I will try to get a link for the YouTube video that had the interview with Wonder as well. But basically, those three things are the main points that I actually use to get all this info. So if you really check out those three videos, it's basically about an hour and 45 minutes of content. But if you really take that hour and 45 minutes of content and you break it down in depth, like I'm about to do here, then you can really get a lot of info that isn't specifically said anywhere, but it's there to see. So that being said, we'll just get right into some main points here. Basically how we're going to do this, I have a couple of main points that don't really fit in a lot of the subtopics and we'll just kind of go through those, you know, list form. And then I'm going to go through some Clio drops. I'm going to talk about supply boxes, the prestige system. I'm going to talk about the red talent soldiers. I'm going to tell you all the new consumables, all the new weapons, including the range and melee weapons. So you'll hear about all the new ones right here. And also I'm going to talk about some of the new achievements and some of the new facilities and facility mods. So we have a lot to talk about here. So I'm just going to kind of get right into it basically. So first, some of the main points, these are kind of like the basics that you'll see in most of the articles that you can find. Um, it's kind of like, you know, the main info that is being broadcast out there. The release date for this DLC is September 12th. DLC is going to cost you $9.99 unless you have the Ultimate Edition. If you have the Ultimate Edition, then you already will have it for free technically because you already paid for it. If you don't have the Ultimate Edition, it's going to cost you $9.99 and there will be a 10% discount with Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, you'll get a 10% discount on that $9.99. Now, one thing that Undead Labs was very clear about is the new map that was referred to in the Daybreak. This map is where the mode is played. So basically, this map is where you play Daybreak on. It's not like a new open world map. It's a map that you actually play the Daybreak mode on. And it's kind of a smaller condensed map, but it's very cool from what I've seen so far. And the map has like an area that's walled off, you know, inside the walls. And you have to protect your technician and keep him safe. And then there's an area outside the walls and you can go outside the walls and you can, you know, go explore that area a little bit too. And the area outside the walls, that is where you get your Cleo drops. There is also a new enemy, the Blood Plague Juggernaut. Right now, this Juggernaut will only show up in Daybreak. They didn't say whether it's going to show up in the base game ever, but the fact that they said for right now it's only going to be in Daybreak kind of makes me think that maybe at some point it's going to be in the base game. I mean, I can't confirm that, but, you know, essentially from the language they use, it makes me feel like it's a potential possibility that it could be in the base game at some point. But for right now, the Blood Play Juggernaut is only in the Daybreak mode itself. And basically, this Juggernaut is, you know, more powerful. He's got Blood Play, so he can infect you with Blood Plague, and 
he's just nasty looking and it's really fun to watch him on the couple of streams that happened and see how he performs. I mean, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun to face those. There are seven ways to get through. In the demo, there's only three, so they shortened the demo down to three waves for the demos in Gamescom. But there's seven waves in the full version. This lasts about 45 minutes, so if you were to play through all seven ways and you survive through all seven ways, it would take you about 45 minutes to do this. There was announced to be six new consumables, six new melee weapons, and nine new ranged weapons. However, when I really broke down the streams, I actually found 10 new ranged weapons. So I'm not sure if this was a something where someone misspoke, but or maybe, you know, the 10th weapon we're not supposed to know about yet. I'm not sure what the case is there, but I did find 10 new ranged weapons, even though it was announced to be nine, which actually, if you look at the, a lot of the articles, a lot of the articles that are out for Daybreak, they actually said there's eight new range weapons. So so I'm not sure what press was supposed to know, really, but um, I have 10 new weapons listed in my list. So we'll get to that afterwards. But um, during the Gamescom interview with Wonder, she said that there would be nine new range weapons. A lot of the articles say there's going to be eight new range weapons. But in reality, from what I saw on stream, there are 10 new range weapons. So... I'm not really sure where the disconnect happened there, but there was a disconnect somewhere. And from what I can see, there's 10 new range weapons. And all of these items, you can take them back into the game using a, something called prestige currency. So prestige currency is basically going to be a currency that you earn in the daybreak mode itself. And you use this currency to get the items back to the base game. So say you had like a really cool gun that you liked. You spend some prestige that you earned in the daybreak mode. And you use that prestige to bring it back to the base game. And now you can use that really cool gun in the base game. And that's kind of how the prestige system works. We'll get into that a little bit more later. But that's kind of like the basics of it. But these walls that are around your little area, basically you're going to be protecting a technician. This technician is trying to do a satellite uplink. And you have to protect them. So while they're being protected, all these zombies are going to come at you. And you have these walls in front of you, but the walls can break down. And especially the juggernauts can really tear the walls down fast. So you are able to repair these walls with wall repair kits. So that is a new item that will be available to repair those walls. So you can use those to fortify a little bit better. In terms of how many people can play this, you can have up to three friends drop in and drop out for this. And they did say matchmaking is available. So if you want to just matchmake with you know some people that you don't already know ahead of time, you can do that. Or you could have up to three friends join you. And you can also play this solo as well. What's going to happen if you play solo is you will get two NPC helpers. So you'll get two NPC AI helpers and the AI will help you defend the technician and they'll help you, you know, kill the zombies. I did find out officially from Brian Giami that they the NPCs will not repair walls. I kind of assumed that they wouldn't, but I did find that officially. Um, as far as whether the AI will actually help protect the technician, I couldn't find an answer on that just yet. So I don't have an answer on whether the AI will help you protect the technician. But if I had to surmise myself, I would kind of assume that the AI won't help protect the technician. And I would assume that it's more up to the actual player. So I would assume the AI is just going to keep shooting zombies, but... They're not going to prioritize, you know, oh, these zombies are on the technician. I have to kill them first. 
I kind of feel like the AI is not going to make that priority. They'll just kind of shoot whatever zombies they see first. But, you know, I could be wrong about that. And maybe we'll be proven wrong. And maybe the AI is actually going to prioritize protecting the technician first. So we'll have to see. But if you do play solo, then you do get two NPCs with you. And also, if you play co-op, say you play co-op with one friend, you will get one NPC with you as well. So basically, the game makes sure you always have at least three people to play this. So you can play with you can play by yourself and get two NPCs. You can play with one other friend and get one NPC. Or you could play with three friends or you could play with four friends. It's the only way you're going to have four people in this mode is if you play with three other friends. So in that case, you can have four people and it should be a little bit easier because you have an extra body to help you out. At the same time, though, you're going to use more consumables. So, I mean, all your ammo, all your consumables, you're going to be using more with four people. So you have to kind of weigh that in your head a little bit, too. It was said that grenades probably don't hurt the barricades. They didn't 100% confirm this, but... It was said in the Undead Lab stream that the grenades probably won't hurt the barricades. And you can't actually hurt the technician yourself, so that's good. And the unlocks from the Daybreak mode, they will allow these items to appear in Cleo drops in future playthroughs, as well as when you start the mode. So I guess like the thing is, if you, after you finish a session, you'll see some unlocks come up from the prestige you earned. And these unlocks, I believe, show up in future game modes in Cleo drops. So like say you had a battle axe unlocked. The battle axe is now eligible to show up in future Cleo drops. They did say that you don't have to worry about repairing weapons during this mode. They wanted to make sure you didn't have to worry about that. So during the daybreak mode itself, weapons will not degrade. But in the base game, they will. So in the base game, they will still degrade. Your kills and progress in daybreak will count towards achievements from the base game. So like that 10,000 kill achievement from the base game. Kills and Daybreak will count towards that. During this mode, you have no access to Plague here, they said. So basically, if you get Plague in this mode, then you're kind of out of luck. You just have to try and deal with it as best you can and survive. Because as we know, you know, when you get Plague here in the base game, you have a couple hours to take care of that. In this game, the mode itself isn't a couple hours. It's only 45 minutes long. But if you get if you keep getting hit by Plague Zombies it'll make that timer go faster. So basically, if you get hit by enough zombies, you could just die from Blood Plague. So it is possible to die from Blood Plague, even though the mode only lasts 45 minutes. So you just have to kind of be careful with it and make sure you're aware of how high your Blood Plague meter is. And Brian Giami, the programmer from Undead Labs, he actually did some math during the Undead Lab stream. And he said that it'll take 27 times beating all seven ways to unlock everything available. So... If you, you know, successfully beat the entire mode 27 times, then that will allow you to unlock all the items in the base game, basically. So what this means is like um, all, you know, six consumables, all six melee weapons, all the ranged weapons, all the facilities, you know, recruiting a red talent person. If you do all that one time, it'll take you 27 times beating the mode to get enough prestige to do that because you have to spend a lot of prestige to do that. So... According to him, it would take 27 times to do this. Of course, that's only one copy of everything, though. So, like, say you really wanted to have two of a certain melee weapon, doing this 27 times would only get you one copy of everything. Of course, obviously, like, if you liked one melee weapon a lot, you could get two of those before you got a different melee weapon. So, it's not like you, the choice is still there for you, what you get. It's just, if you wanted one copy of everything before you got 
seconds of anything else, it would take 27 times. But you could always get, you know, multiple copies of one weapon instead of getting other weapons if you wanted to. And they want to be clear that this mode doesn't affect your resources in your base game community in any way. So this is a whole new mode. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with your base game resources. So you won't have to use those in this mode. They did say they are hoping some new patch notes are going to come out alongside the DLC. They didn't officially confirm this, but they're hoping that some of the bug issues we're having right now, like the audio issue, like NPCs disappearing from quests, like th things like that that are bugs right now, they're hoping to be able to fix some of those when this DLC comes out alongside that. So, you know, that'd be great if that can happen. There are no vehicles in Daybreak mode, so in Daybreak mode, it was actually, there's like little supply boxes that you start with when you start the game. They almost had cars as those supply boxes, I heard, but basically they went with supply boxes instead, which I think makes more sense. And there are no cars in the game. And the reason they said for that is because it would be a little bit too powerful for the mode. Because if you had a vehicle, even just one vehicle, you could just run over all the zombies pretty much. So it make it a little bit too easy and they wanted to make it, you know, at least somewhat challenging. Interesting enough, there actually are no streamers in the daybreak mode either. And they said the reason for this is because in the base game, the streamers are designed to draw other zombies to you. In the daybreak mode, that's not really needed because in the daybreak mode, all the zombies automatically go towards you. So if they all automatically go towards you anyways, then there's no point in having a streamer because that's all the streamer does is draw more zombies to you. So that's why streamers aren't in the daybreak mode. There are a couple cutscenes, I said. There's an intro cutscene when you first start. There's a failure cutscene if you fail. And then there's a cutscene if you have success and you actually beat all seven waves. So there's a cutscene for success as well. And Jeffrey Card did make a point to say when someone asked about future DLC, he said that they can't really announce anything they're working on now. But he basically said, you know, don't assume this is the last thing coming from Undead Labs. And he pretty much said that they plan on still supporting the game. He couldn't obviously give any details of anything, but it basically sounds like without saying so, more or less, there's probably going to be another DLC at some point. But pretty much they're still working on stuff and they just can't announce anything yet. So, you know, cross your fingers. But I mean, there should be plenty more to come from this game, I would think. They just haven't announced anything officially yet, but I would assume that there's more coming for sure. But that being said, that's kind of all the main like basic points I had. These were all like questions that were answered during the stream or things that were, you know, basic info that was provided in articles or things like that. So that's all like kind of the basics. Now we'll kind of get into some of the more gritty details that you'd have to really spend a lot of time on to get all this stuff down. First, we'll talk about Cleo drops a little bit. So when you first start the game, you have your initial loadout. So you're going to have your weapon, you know, your ranged weapon, your melee weapon. You'll have some consumables with you. And then there's also supply boxes that are behind you. And real quick, I'll tell you what all those supply boxes are. I did find out for sure that these supply boxes will never change. It'll always be the same when you start in every time. So every time you start, it'll always be the same thing as in each supply box. And I did check for this. I watched both streams very closely, the Undead Lab stream and the Xbox UK stream. I did check to make sure of this, and it is accurate. These three boxes, they never change, because every time I saw somebody open a box, it was always the same stuff in that box every time. All right, so I'll go over what's in the three boxes. 
in box number one, which is the box furthest to the left, as you look at it, like if you're staring at the boxes, you have to be looking towards the back of the map. You'll kind of see what, you, what I mean when you actually play the game. But if you're staring towards the back where the boxes are, the first box all the way to the left, this box will have 120 shotgun shells. It'll have one first aid kit, two wall repair kits, and it'll have an RTX Wolverine. The RTX Wolverine is a new uh, Red Talon shotgun. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Box number two, the one in the middle, this will have 127.62 ammo. It'll have one first aid kit, two wall repair kits, and it'll have the RTX Stormbringer. And then box three, this will have the RTX Horde Breaker, two wall repair kits, one first aid kit, and 64 Clio ammo packs. So essentially these boxes, they have one weapon, two wall repair kits, a first aid kit, and then in most cases it has a ton of ammo to supply that weapon. The only case this is different is in box three with a horde breaker, you get Clio ammo packs instead of the ammo for the horde breaker. The Clio ammo is obviously used for the Clio weapons themselves, so it is nice that you have a little bit of extra Clio ammo already there. But in terms of Clio, the Clio drops. Basically how these are going to work is these are the only way to get more items once the game starts. So you have those supply boxes when you start, you have your initial loadout when you start. The only way to get anything else during the game itself is from Clio drops. So as you make it through the waves, Clio drops will appear on the outside of the walls. You have to go out into the map and get them and there'll be markers to denote where they are. And inside these Clio drops, it's basically got four slots like a car trunk. So that's the Clio drops and the supply boxes, they work like a car trunk, basically. So you can use, I did check on this, the supply boxes themselves, you can use these to store stuff in them. So that is very important info because if you have, if you want to stock up and save for the, you know, harder waves, you can stash stuff in them. So you can go, oh, I want to stash some Clio ammo in this box for later. So you can stash stuff in those boxes and use them for later. It basically acts the same way as a car trunk does. But the Clio drops, they have four slots, and inside these you can find things like bandages, you can find wall repair kits, you can find ammo, you can find consumables, and you can find weapons. And the weapons, there's more and more variety as you unlock more of the weapons. And real quick, I do want to mention too, because I believe I forgot to mention this, the technician that you're trying to protect, you can actually use bandages to heal that technician. So if the technician does get hurt, you can actually heal them back up. But that's basically the things that you start with and how you get more items. So now we're going to talk about the prestige system a little bit more. So basically the prestige system, if you're going around killing juggernauts, you're killing bloaters, you're killing ferals, regular zombies, whatever you're doing, you're going to earn prestige for whatever you're doing. So this prestige, you take this prestige and use this to purchase items in the base game. So if you see an item you really like, like say there's a you know cool new axe or cool new gun that you really like, you can use your prestige that you earned in this mode to take that item and put it into the base game as well. So they said how this will work is a radio command system. So if you have the independence pack DLC from before, it kind of works similar to that. It's going to be its own like radio command and it has two different radio commands. The first radio command is to call on the prestige trader and spend the prestige you earn in daybreak to buy the gear you earned in daybreak. So basically you just call a prestige trader and you'll be able to use your prestige to buy the gear that you found in daybreak. The second radio command, this is really interesting too. 
you can actually recruit a Red Talon contractor. So you can recruit someone from Red Talon into your base community, and they can be part of your community. And I did ask and did get it confirmed. This will be a completely new Red Talon operative. It's not going to be the one using Daybreak. So if you have a character like, say his name was Jim, you know, you use Jim in Daybreak, you use Jim a lot, and you, you know, grew attached to Jim, it will not be Jim himself coming into your base game. It will be a random new Red Talon person. So I do want to make sure everyone knows that. It's not going to be the ones using Daybreak. It'll be like those ones because it'll have like some of the same stats, but it'll be a completely new person. And basically how this works is when you use this radio command to call a Red Talon contractor, they will start outside of your base and you all you have to do is go up to them and talk to them and ask them to join your community and they'll join you. And they did say during the stream, the Undead Live stream that is, if your community is full, then basically what you're going to be told is on the radio, you'll be told, oh, you don't have any room to recruit a Red Talon person right now. Sorry. So essentially, you have to have room for them in order to do this in the first place. And they also said, too, it's going to cost a lot of prestige to actually recruit a Red Talon person. But they did sort of put out a somewhat challenge that it would be really cool to see, you know, who is actually going to have a full community of Red Talon people because you can recruit as many as you want. So there's no limit on that. So you could have like an eight person community of all Red Talon operatives. It would take you a lot of prestige to do that, but it is possible to get a full community of Red Talon people if you wanted to. But in terms of prestige that you earn from actually killing the zombies, I tried as best as I could to break this down from what I saw in the streams. Because Undead Labs did, I believe, four tries for you that they actually finished, you know, four tries of the demo. And during the Xbox UK stream, I think they did two or three tries of the demo. So from the tries that I saw, I tried to break down how much prestige you get from each type of zombie. The only one I know 100% is accurate is the ferals. If you kill a feral, you get five prestige. That is the only one I know for sure because every single time that... Um, Either Undead Labs or Xbox UK tried this. It was always 5 prestige per feral. The other ones, it, it seems to vary a little bit. If you kill a regular zombie, it seems to be worth about 0 0.02 prestige per zombie. The bloaters, it seems to be about 0.5 prestige per zombie. Sometimes it was a little higher. It Doing the math, it was like maybe, you know, 0.6 or 0.7. But for the most part, it's around 0.5 per bloater. Each wave you survived, doing the math for the waves... It was about 10 to 15 prestige per wave you survived, but I will caution on that because it might vary based on the waves. So, you know, let's say you beat like wave six, wave six might give you a lot more prestige for beating that one. So I, I'm not sure on that exactly, but based on what I could surmise from the demo, it was always between 10 and 15 prestige per wave if you, if you did the math. Now, this one only happened one time, but during the end of the lab stream, when they had no deaths and they actually completed the full demo, they got 100 prestige for that, so I don't know if you always get 100 prestige for no deaths or how that works, but I will mention that is a way to potentially get prestige. And the ones that seemed to change a lot were the Blood Play Juggernauts and the regular Juggernauts. The regular Juggernauts, they were always worth like 10 or 20 prestige, so I don't know why this changes exactly, but you know, between 10 and 20 prestige, I guess, per Juggernaut. And the Blood Plague ones... These were either worth 20 to 35 prestige, it seemed like. Because at one point, um, I think this is during the Xbox UK stream, 
they killed three Blood Plague Juggernauts, and they got 100 prestige for killing three Blood Plague Juggernauts. So, but then in other times, you know, somebody killed one Blood Plague Juggernaut, and they only got 20 prestige for it. So, I'm not sure if with the Juggernauts, there's like a sort of ranking system based on it, where the more you kill, the more prestige they're worth. That could be how it operates. You know, maybe if you kill one, it's worth 20. But maybe if you kill more than one, it's like worth 25. Then maybe it's worth 30 for the next one. So maybe that's how that works, where if you kill more of them, you earn more prestige for it. That's kind of my theory right now, because those ones, the prestige always varied. So the only one that seemed to never vary at all was the ferals. The ferals, you always get five prestige. But that's kind of how the prestige system works. So that's, you know, pretty much everything on that. So next what we have is... We're going to talk about the Red Talon Soldiers themselves. So these Red Talon Soldiers, they can be different genders. They can be different races or ethnicities. Their clothing will all be the same. They will have different names and traits to them. And they have said that there's going to be 14 different playable voices for the soldiers. So each soldier you get might have a different voice in the next one. And these soldiers in the Daybreak mode are a bit different than the ones you recruit in the base games. Because the one in the base game will have their weapons degrade like normal, you know, like it's supposed to be. In Daybreak, this won't happen because in Daybreak, you don't have to worry about repairing weapons. And in addition, if you have these Red Talon soldiers in the base game, they're also going to have different extra abilities in the base game. Because in Daybreak, it would have been disruptive to have these abilities. I'm not sure what these abilities are exactly, because obviously I haven't seen these in the base game yet. But essentially what we are told is that these abilities being used in Daybreak would have been disruptive to the mode. So, you know, there's going to be something extra to the Red Talon Soldiers in the base game, apparently. But I did want to denote a special Red Talon operative trait. I assume this trait only applies to the um, Daybreak mode itself because they wanted to make sure that your weapons didn't degrade in Daybreak. So this Red Talon operative trait, I believe every Red, Red Talon person in Daybreak will have this trait, but... What the trait does is it gives you minus 100% experience rate, minus 95% durability loss per hit, minus 95% durability loss per shot, plus 60 max carrying capacity, and minus 100% fatigue severity. So essentially from all that, they wanted to make sure you didn't have to worry about fatigue. You're, you weren't going to be fatigued at all. You weren't going to have to worry about your guns and melee weapons degrading. But at the same time, you're not going to be earning experience either because it's not part of the base game. And I think that plus 60 max carrying capacity that was probably given to you that way you could just carry more stuff on you to help you with the hordes of zombies so i think this trait is only going to apply to daybreak mode itself but that is very interesting that they have this trait available but that being said there are special red talent skills that are like kind of a conglomerate of all the different specializations from the base game and it's basically like you know a mega skill essentially so, like, for example, you know, all of your wit skills, all the wit specializations, they're all kind of all jumbled into one. Like, all of your weapons, like, uh, say, your weapons handling, your gunslinging, your sharpshooting, all that stuff you use for shooting, all those skills are molded into one skill for Red Talon. So, essentially, all the effects that you would have from specializing in the base game, you would get all those effects from the Red Talon specialization, which is very cool, so... I will go through these all. I did manage to get all the stats from these, so I will go over all the stats for you. But essentially, it's all the same stats you're used to. It's just all into one skill now. So basically, if you were 
ever think, oh, I, you know, I really love stealth, but I want to do this other thing too. Or, oh, um, I I really love close combat, but I I wanted to have striking on me as well. If you're ever thinking things like that with the red talent operatives, you don't really have to choose. I mean, basically they have everything built into them already. So these skills are all available when you recruit a red talent operative, but they did say that they won't be maxed out when you first get them, but you'll be able to still access them. So I'm not sure if this means like when you recruit the red talent person, if they still have like wits at one star and you have to upgrade wits to seven stars and then specialize into the red talent, you know, special skill. I would assume that's how it works. It's either that or they automatically start with the red talent specialization. So, you know, it's one of those two ways, but either way, I'm fine with it. And it's very cool that they have these skills available. So the prowess skill is the first skill I'll mention. This skill maxed at seven stars. What it's going to do max at seven stars is going to give you plus 61 max stamina, minus 33% sprint stamina cost, minus 50% climbing stamina cost, plus 30 max carrying capacity, minus 40% fatigue severity, minus 50% grapple stamina cost, minus 25% melee stamina cost. It will have available right trigger grapple enemies from the front, sprint for free when lightly encumbered, left bumper in A will give you a flying strike when facing an enemy, and it'll have right trigger in A will throw zombies much harder. So that is the prowess skill, and you can kind of see how it's a bunch of skills jumbled together. Next we have the tactics skill. This one is only at one star, so a lot of these percentages will probably go up, but from what I saw when I um, watched the strings very closely, this skill was only at one star, so I assume at seven stars will have a lot better effects still. But at one star, the tactics skill has plus 35% search speed, minus 11% enemy sight range, 15 meters of enemy detection range, minus 25% durability loss per hit for melee, plus 6 max stamina, plus 12 light carrying capacity, plus 10% container visibility range, minus 10% consumable weight. You can use your left bumper to sprint while crouched. You can use Y to silently open locked doors while crouched. And the stack size enhancements are disabled in Daybreak. So in Daybreak, those stack size enhancements that you get from some of the other base game skills, they won't be enabled. Next, we have the Heroism skill. This one is also at one star. So, you know, these percentages will probably get better when it is upgraded more. You get plus 42 max health, minus 25% injury severity, minus 28% melee stamina cost, and it says close combat in the parentheses, plus 70, 17% blunt knockdown, enhanced close combat moves, melee special moves, and blade lethality bonuses are disabled in Daybreak. So basically in the Daybreak mode, they had to disable these to probably balance it better, but in the base game, you'll still have your blade lethality and your melee special moves. And then the last new skill for the Red Talon operatives, this is kind of like your um, shooting skills all jumbled into one. This is the warfighting skill, and this one actually is maxed at 7 stars. This is what you would get if you had the maximum for warfighting. Minus 25% durability loss per shot, minus 80% firearm recoil, minus 80% firearm sway, plus 200% reload speed, plus 50% firearm knockdown, plus 50% firearm dismemberment. You can clear jam firearms very quickly. All shots pierce enemies. And then they wanted to say that aim snap is disabled in daybreak. So you can't use the aim snap in daybreak mode, but
but in the base game, you should still be able to use aim snap. And then these red talent operatives, I don't know if this is every operative or if it was just the one that was being shown in the streams, but they also have their fifth skill being fishing. So fishing is definitely a great fifth skill and it'll give you that plus two food per day. So I don't know if that's every red talent operative has fishing as a fifth skill or if it's only just the one they showed in the stream. But, you know, fishing seems to be the one that will come most often, maybe. We'll see. So that was basically everything we have about the red talent soldiers themselves. Next, we have our new consumables. So I'm going to tell you all of the new consumables right here. And I don't know if this is another thing that was like maybe misspoke or something, but I actually found seven new consumables. So I don't know if this is something where like one of these, you know, we weren't supposed to know about or what, but I actually found seven new consumables when there's supposed to be only six apparently. So I'm not really sure why that is, but uh, basically we'll just get right into them. You have fire bombs. This is a throne incendiary. It has one pound of weight. So that's kind of like your just general... Kind of like a Molotov cocktail, I would think. You have remote grenades. These are remote-activated frag grenades, and they weigh one pound. You have an explosive field trap, which this one sounds very fun to use. Like, I, haven't obvi I obviously haven't used it yet, but it sounds very fun. It's a canister of pressurized gas that explodes when shot, and it's two pounds weight. So I can just imagine using this like a defense mechanism where you can set it up and then, you know, run away real quick. And then as the zombies come towards it, just shoot it, and then it blows up. Like, that sounds really cool. You know, it's kind of like an explosive barrel or something. So it sounds really cool to be able to use that. You have a deployable minefield. This remotely covers an area with high proximity mines. And it's four pounds of weight. So, you know, very cool to be able to do minefields now. You have a deployable pyro minefield. You activate this remotely to cover the area in proximity trigger pyrotechnic mines. And it weighs four pounds. Basically, it sounds like the same thing as a deployable minefield, just with fire. So, you know, fire always makes everything better, right? You have a remote rocket pod, which this sounds pretty cool too. This is a remote activated explosion dispenser that blankets the area with destruction when triggered. And this is capable of holding back even a juggernaut, it says in the description. And this weighs three pounds. You have a sticky grenade. A sticky grenade is a frag grenade that sticks to soft targets before exploding. And it has one pound of weight. So this sounds very fun, too, because I can imagine, you know, throwing the sticky grenade on a juggernaut and then just having the juggernaut explode. I mean, maybe the juggernaut won't die, but everything around it should die. So that sounds very fun to try that out. So the ones I'm most excited about, I'm very excited about the sticky grenade. I'm excited about that explosive field trap that you can, you know, just place it somewhere and shoot it. And the remote rocket pod sounds really cool, too. So those are probably the three that I'm most excited for. The minefields definitely sound cool, too, but I mean... There's so much to be excited about with these new consumables that it's hard to pick which one you like better. I think I'm most excited to use the explosive field trap probably because that sounds really cool to just place it somewhere and then be able to run back and then shoot it. All right, so next um, we did have some sort of technical difficulties while I was recording this podcast. Basically, all the melee and the range weapons, I did have like full stats on all of those, but... For whatever reason, my computer sort of freaked out and I lost the full stats, but I do still have all the names for you at least. So I do apologize that I can't give you the full stats on those, but I had like the weight for all the weapons and I had, you know, what, whether it was good at like, you know, oh, this weapon is really good at knockdown or this weapon's really good at, you know, lethality. I had that stuff written down for you guys, but unfortunately I can only give you the names now, but I'll uh, see what I can remember offhand, at least. 
So I, I do apologize for the technical issue I had, but you know, I at least have the name still. So um, I will at least be able to tell you all the melee and ranged weapons. But first we have the melee weapons. So your RTX Extermination Blade is available still. You have a new RTX weapon. And you know, in addition to this new RTX weapon and the uh, current RTX one, Basically, those are your like kind of starting weapons, these uh, RTX melee weapons. You also have another five Clio weapons on top of that. So the new Clio melee weapons are the Clio Longblade, the Clio Battle Axe, the Clio Great Hammer. So you have the Clio Mace as well. And then it was hard to depict from what I could see in the stream, but it looked like there might be a Clio Hand Axe potentially. I could be wrong on that one though, because it's hard to see exactly what it was saying on the stream. But you also have your, you know, Cleo Great Hammer slash like Cleo Warhammer um, that I mentioned as well. So those are your new melee weapons. Um, from what I saw from the stats, I would say the Battle Axe is probably your way to go. The Battle Axe does seem like the better one from what I've seen. The Cleo Mace was kind of a well-rounded one. And basically the rest of them, they all had, you know, really great in some areas and, you know, kind of bad in other areas. But... Cleo Battle Axe and the Cleo Mace are the ones that stood out to me. Next, we have our ranged weapons, though. Our ranged weapons, we have a new RTX shotgun called the RTX Wolverine. We have a Cleo Machine Pistol, a Cleo Pistol, Cleo SMG, Cleo Shotgun, Cleo Assault Shotgun, a Cleo Battle Rifle, a Cleo ba Blast Rifle, a Cleo Sharpshooter Rifle, and then one that I couldn't make out the name for, but it looks like some sort of Cleo sniper rifle. You know, it's got like your classic sniper um, statistics. It has like really great accuracy. It's got really great control, you know, really great range. So it looked like some kind of Cleo sniper rifle, but I couldn't depict the name of it specifically. But those are basically your 10 uh, new range weapons. And honestly, all of these look pretty good. I mean, I'm curious to try a lot of them. Like um, the RTX Wolverine, the new Red Talon shotgun, that seems to work very well from what I saw in the streams. Uh, I'm curious to try the pistols as well. I did have the capacity for most of these. Um, I do remember that the Clio SMG that has a 128 bullet capacity, the regular Clio pistol, I remember that had a eight bullet capacity. Uh, the machine pistol, I think, was 16. I believe the blast and battle rifles were 16 as well. I'm not as positive on those ones. But a lot of these had between, you know, 8 and 16-ish, somewhere in that range. But the Clio SMG actually had 128 capacity. So that one seems to have the biggest capacity of these Clio weapons. But honestly, all of them, you know, look pretty good. Um, most of them, you know, they're really great at one area and... A little bit more deficient in other areas which you kind of expect to because i mean they can't have one weapon you know be high above the rest but there were a couple of weapons that actually had four of the eight stats for you know a, a gun and four of those eight stats are pretty much maxed out so those are probably going to be your best weapons i mean like that cleo you know sniper rifle like question mark that i don't really know the name of that had three of the stats maxed out you know because um the range the accuracy and control were all maxed out but obviously, you know, it was a very loud gun. So the quietness was very low. So there are some very well-rounded guns in here. I'm curious to try out that Cleo pistol and see how that works. Because that looks, um, it looks sort of like a vector from the little picture I saw. I didn't actually see it in the stream in use. 
but the little you know picture that they used to depict it it looked sort of like a vector gun which seemed kind of cool i'm sure the cleo machine pistol operates more like a vector but both of them had like the picture look of a vector and the cleo blast rifle that just seems you know very interesting so a lot of these seem very interesting honestly and i'm excited to try all 10 of these guns which i don't really understand why um there was a disconnect there where, you know, there's eight new guns, there's nine new guns, but there's looks like there's really ten. Unless maybe I missed something. I mean, maybe I, one of these is actually the same as a different one. But from what I could see, there's, you know, ten different guns. But maybe the gun that I couldn't make out the name for, maybe that's the same as something else, perhaps. But So maybe there are actually nine. So, you know, either the disconnect is somewhere on my end or it was somewhere in the... Um, press or somewhere there's a disconnect but there's either eight nine or ten new guns but those are the guns that i have listed here and i do apologize i can't give the you know full capacity for every gun and the full like you know accuracy ratings for every gun but um i can assure you that once the dlc is out i will definitely give all those stats and more detail on top of that but that's basically your new weapons and everything so on top of that i did ask about new achievements and Jeffrey Carr was nice enough in the stream to give, you know, some insight into what new achievements are available because there are actually over two dozen new achievements and these achievements give a total of 250 gamer score available. So he said that there is an achievement for getting to around four way four or five solo. And this is basically because they didn't want to make it so hard where you had to beat the entire, you know, mode solo. But if you get to around wave four or five solo, that is one of the achievements. They didn't want to make it so hard so, like, no one could ever do that achievement, you know, by beating the whole thing solo. There's an achievement for winning Daybreak, you know, beating all seven waves. There's an achievement for beating your first wave. There's uh, some achievements for getting to different waves, you know, maybe, like, wave three, maybe, like, wave five. There's different achievements for, like, that. There's an achievement for getting to a certain wave without allowing the technician to take any damage. So that sounds very fun to try that out. There's an achievement for getting to a certain wave without ever leaving the walls. So basically, this is one that, you know, where if you don't leave the walls, I think this is one they were they're considering it, but it didn't actually make it into the achievement list. But it seemed like Jeffrey wasn't, you know, 100% sure whether it's in or not. So that could be an achievement where you don't, you know, you have to beat it without leaving the walls. But he didn't seem to think it wasn't there. There's an achievement for never having a survivor die. There's an achievement for don't let any walls get broken. That seems like a very hard one to do. So I'm curious to, you know, try that one out, but. Um, with the amount of wall upgrades that you have and stuff, it seems like it's, you know, difficult to accomplish that one, maybe. There's an achievement for building all the new facilities. So in order to do that, you'd have to use your prestige to buy all the facilities and then take them into the base game and then build them all. So that's kind of like an achievement that, you know, takes some time to actually do. There's an achievement for recruiting a red talent operative in the base game. And he said one of the coolest achievements, you have to use one of the fanciest guns you can unlock to kill a screamer. And this can only be done in the base game because streamers aren't in the daybreak mode. So basically you have to use, you know, play the daybreak mode enough to get enough prestige to buy this gun. Then once you buy this gun, you have to take that gun, you know, in the base game, go find a streamer and then kill the streamer in the base game with that gun. So that sounds like a very cool achievement to do too. So that's kind of some insight into the achievements. And that's sort of the last section we have is the new facilities and facility mods. So basically, there's going to be four new Red Talon facilities. One of these was teased in the Undead Lab stream. There's going to be a Red Talon barracks. 
and this barracks can go in a small slot and it provides five beds for a small round plenty. So that is really huge because you can actually get five beds in a small slot and only take a small morale penalty for it. I mean, that is very cool. And there is a Red Talon Watchtower, which Wonder said in the Gamescom interview, this will provide more passive defense than a regular Watchtower. So I'm wondering if, you know, maybe like this Watchtower, maybe if um, you have this Watchtower built and you're away from your base and a siege happens at your base, maybe it only costs you like one ammo instead of the normal ammo cost. Maybe it's something like that, or, you know, obviously it's probably has to do with like it lowers the threat more, things like that too. So it sounds like basically all these Red Talon facilities, they do the things we're already used to, but they do them better. So that's what's very cool. And you can use these to do things better than you already are now. And Wonder also mentioned something about a crafting station in the Gamescom interview. I don't exactly know what this crafting station is, but... You know, this crafting station sounds like a facility mod instead of a facility, obviously. So um, we'll have to see what this crafting station does. But I can tell you that it's not a facility mod for Clio ammo packs because I did ask and they specifically say that there's no facility mod for crafting Clio ammo. So if you want more Clio ammo, you have to use Prestige to buy it. So that is you know something important to note because if you take Clio guns into the base game, you're going to have to keep uh, buying Clio ammo with Morse Prestige. So there's no facility mod to actually make that. And the fourth facility or facility mod, I'm not sure what that is. And then there's also a fifth mystery facility that Jeffrey Card teased. Um, he basically said this is one of the last unlocks you can get from Daybreak. And this mystery facility, it sounds like, you know, something very cool. I mean, I don't know what it is yet, but it's some kind of mystery facility. So... Basically, there's four Red Talon facilities, you know, some really cool mystery facility as well. But yeah, that that, that about sums up uh, Daybreak. I mean, obviously, once it comes out, I will have, you know, much more to talk about. When it does come out, I am going to officially break down everything in Daybreak and talk about all that. But I wanted to give everyone the news that I have so far. So this is all the news I have so far on Daybreak. I do apologize again that I had that tech issue and... I lost the stats for all the guns and melee weapons, but I was able to get names for you still. Just, um, I don't have the official, you know, stats for each one, but I did remember some things about them. You know, I remembered like the Clio SMG has 128 capacity. So I just had basically all the like accuracy and stuff like that. I had it written down which ones are good at accuracy. I had it written down like which weapons were good at, you know, knockdown. I had things like that written down. So that's the only thing we really lost, but. I will have all that and more um, when we actually break down the full DLC in the future. But I hope everyone enjoyed this. You know, we talked about all the facility mods and facilities that we know about. We talked about the full breakdown of the Red Talon soldiers and what their skills are. We went through the new melee weapons. We went through the new range weapons. We went through the new consumables. You know, a lot of this stuff sounds very, very fun. I mean... We went through the new achievements. You know, those new achievements sound really cool to actually um, do and have a as a challenge. And we went through the prestige system, too. I think the prestige system is a very cool idea. And we went through the supply boxes. So we have you all covered here. You know, um, definitely this is all the info that is going to be available. The only thing that would be more available is if I didn't lose the official stats on all the ranged and melee weapons, like, you know, what their accuracy was and things like that. 
that is the only piece of info that you'll be able to get elsewhere that you didn't get here today. But yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed this. I hope, you know, you got a good amount of news for Daybreak. I'm very excited for Daybreak. And I will say again, you know, I have a lot more uh, State of Decay 2 plans in the works. And there's some big plans coming. And, you know, I'm excited to share those all with you very soon. So, you know, stay tuned. You can contact me via Discord, which will be in the show notes. And, you know, come talk to me on Discord and tell me what you think. That'll probably be where I drop the news of the big plans first. So definitely check that out. If you want to contact me besides Discord, you can contact me on Twitter at Blaze Experience. That's capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. You can contact me via email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. And my gamer tag will be the same as my Twitter, at Blaze Experience. If you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Blueberry, Acast, Radio Public, and many other directories. And then definitely check out our next stream. Our next stream is going to be on Mixer.com slash Blaze Experience. On Tuesday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, we will be streaming some Vigor. Vigor is the new Xbox exclusive game, and I'll be talking more about that in depth on Wednesday. Wednesday will be a podcast on Vigor, so stay tuned for that as well. And then, of course, next Saturday, we will have another podcast about State of Decay 2. I won't announce what the topic is yet, but, you know, we'll definitely have another State of Decay 2 podcast next weekend. So I definitely look forward to talking with you all again soon. And I really appreciate everyone tuning in for this. Thank you once again for listening to The Blaze Experience. (laughs) 